Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about the doctrine of the resurrection. The doctrine of the resurrection. As Christians, we all should know something about the resurrection. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that is due to the resurrection. That we are able or have a cause to evangelize, to defend the faith, to have hope, to live our life in circumspect, to live our life in the way that's different than the world it is due to what happened on calvary's cross uh, by the way of the resurrection that we are afforded christian privileges so to have a sober perspective of the resurrection is necessary it is mandated for believers to know what the bible teaches about the resurrection uh, versus what it does not teach In order to talk about the resurrection, I think it's important that we start in the Old Testament to trace their view of what the resurrection is in contrast to the New Testament view of what the resurrection actually is. So in the Old Testament, we find that there is a nebulous concept of the resurrection that the majority held on to and it was somewhat fragmented meaning that different Israelites had different views concerning what happened to the body after death but as we will notice that it took shape over years and so uh, the concept of the resurrection slowly built up for Israel uh, and even by the time of Christ they didn't have it fully accurate. So Jesus had to set them straight. So the concept of the resurrection is mentioned in limited capacity in the old Testament. Israel as a nation were also exposed to other cultures that taught differently about the afterlife or uh, rising from the dead. So they're, they were faced or they were influenced to a limited degree by other factors. Uh, It's noteworthy that these external definitions of a resurrection in ancient times, all of them were uh, vastly different than the Christian view of a resurrected Messiah. The concept of the resurrection, as I mentioned earlier, was not fully developed in the Old Testament. Those who lived during the Old Testament times believe some of them did that once you died, you went to Sheol. Sheol was viewed as the holding place for after you died, where one had no connection with God. Uh, they viewed it as a place of utter despair. 
So as as we read, for an example, Job 7, verses 9 through 10, Job writes, As the cloud is consumed and vanished away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him anymore. So this passage um, doesn't have a joyous appeal to it. It is a passage of despair, meaning that as you go down to the grave, you come up no more. You will not uh, be resurrected. And then neither shall his place know him anymore. Uh, People will not remember the deceased. So this is not a passage where one would find a lot of joy in it. But in terms of um, the scope of the resurrection, the first line or the second line really highlights their view that uh, once you go down to the grave, you should come up no more. Again, this is the infancy of Israel's development. Then the view of the resurrection as we know it is vastly different, especially when we look in Israel's total history and capacity. We find in Psalm 6 verses 4 and 5 where it says, Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee in the grave who shall give thee thanks. So this place Sheol that they believed in, and some people translate it as hell in the Old Testament, but it's not the hell that we think about in terms of the New Testament. Uh, They just believed that it was a holding place for the departed souls. We read in Job 14 and 14, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Again, Job 14 and 14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. So when we look at this passage, we realize that there is some uncertainty regarding living again. So it's not fully clear at this point in Israel's culture regarding the resurrection if an individual will live again. By the time of Daniel, the scope of a resurrected body was slowly becoming clear. Daniel states, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So this passage is more clearer than the previous passages that we read concerning the ability or the reality of an individual being resurrected. And we also learned from studying Israel's history that they were influenced by various other cultures. The Greeks, as an example, were an influence on uh, Israel's culture. However, even in the Greeks' view, their definition of the resurrection is different than the Christian view. It's nothing like the Christian view of the resurrection. In the Greeks' view, they believed that they would escape the prison of the body. 
they saw the body in a negative way and they lived for their souls who uh, they believed that the souls was really who they were, meaning the immaterial part. And they longed, they desired for their souls to escape their body. Which, and they saw, again, the body as a prison for them. So to die for them was to be liberated from, uh, from their body, for their souls to be liberated from their body. And their view of the soul living on or uh, returning back to life was always mixed with this view of this physical body, which was almost perceived as evil. So again, their view of uh, the body and their view of the resurrection, the way that we know it is totally different. Then as we read uh, in, in, in the old Testament, there were certain views on the resurrection that again was vastly different than the doctrine that we have in the new Testament. Some ancient Jews believe that in the last days they will be raised in the same body, uh, which is in contrast to a Christian view again, different because in a Christian view, we uh, will have a glorified body. We will have the same body that's glorified and appropriate for new Testament living or for eternal living. So in other words, when uh, Jesus comes back, we will receive a glorified body like he had post resurrection and that body will be suitable for uh, the next phase of our existence. So as Christians, uh, we may uh, be absent from this world, but we'll be present with our savior, our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And again, when he comes back, we will be afforded a new uh, souped up, a new um, incorruptible body. Uh, it is sown corruptible, but we will be raised incorruptible, meaning that it will be a body without defect. Amen. It will be a body without defect. There are also examples of actual resurrections in the Old Testament history. However, it's important to note that those that were resurrected in the Old Testament, like the son of Zarephath's widow or the son of the Shumamite woman. And by the way, uh, the son of Zarephath's widow, that uh, context or narrative can be found in First Kings 17 verses 17 through 24. And the son of the Shumamite woman, who was also resurrected by Elisha, Second uh, Kings 4 and 35. And a man who was resurrected once he touched the bones of Elisha, First uh, Kings 13 and 21. These individuals, despite being resurrected, lived to die again, meaning that they were resurrected, but yet they still died. This type of resurrection was only temporal, which is different again than the resurrection afforded to Christians, because uh, once we uh, die, we too will rise and uh, we will spend eternity with God where uh, death would not be part of the of the narrative. But when these individuals in the Bible, Old and New Testament, when they were revived, when they were resurrected, they lived only to die again, like Lazarus in the New Testament. And for the Christians, 
our resurrection has uh, an eternal uh, component to it. Whereas these narratives of the son of the Zarephath widow who was resurrected by Elijah, the son of the Shumamite woman who was resurrected by Elisha, the man who was resurrected by touching uh, the bones of Elisha, all of them lived after their resurrect after the, the episode of their resurrection only to die again. So when we look in the New Testament, for example, uh, Matthew twenty two twenty three, Mark twelve eighteen through twenty three, uh, we find narratives and stories about the resurrection. And it's important for us to take notes on these things because uh, God is trying to teach us and introduce to us concepts and uh, realities that we're not automatically born with. So when we look at these passages dealing with the principles, the commandments, the instructions, we need to take heed. We find um, in the New Testament this passage. The same day came to him Sadducees, which say there's no resurrection. Matthew twenty two twenty three. you can read this. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. So we learn many things from this narrative. Number one, we learn that the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And we find that again in this passage and also in Luke 20, 27 and Acts 23 and 8. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And then uh, some said there's no resurrection of the dead. And we also learned that there will be no marriage in the resurrection. So these are principles that we need to take heed to when it comes to the resurrection. And most importantly, Jesus tells them that the resurrection is not for the dead, but for the living. And that's great news because we that are alive will, if Jesus came back right now, we all will experience the resurrection and it doesn't exclude those who passed on because Thessalonians tells us that the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
So all of us are covered. Those of us that have accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we can be confident that when Jesus comes back, we too will uh, experience the resurrection, uh, go through the parousia, uh, and, and, and eventually we will receive our glorified body for the resurrected experience. As we juxtapose the Sadducees with the Pharisees, we learn something. Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection, but the Pharisees, on the other hand, and those who lived in the Qumran community did believe in the resurrection. So despite their belief in the resurrection, however, there's no evidence that they had the same understanding of a resurrected Messiah, despite the subtle hints in the Old Testament such as the suffering servant, Psalms 53. Now, there are some terms associated with the resurrection that would help us in our Christian walk. In John 5:29, he uses the term the resurrection of life. In John 5:29 again, he also uses the term the resurrection of the damnation. Then we find in John 11:25 Acts 2.31, Acts 17.18, Romans 6 and 5, this term, Jesus is the resurrection. Then the most popular theme dealing with the resurrection is uh, the, uh, the theme or the phrase, the resurrection from the dead or the resurrection of the dead, which is found in numerous passages, Acts 4.2, Acts 17 and 32, Acts 23 and 6. Acts 24 and 15, Acts 24, 21. Then in the book of Romans 1 and 4, 1 Corinthians 15, 12, 1 Corinthians 15 and 13, 1 Corinthians 15, 21, and 1 Corinthians 15, 42. And we will visit the first chapter, or rather the first book of Corinthians chapter 15. That's where our antidotes dealing with the resurrection is centered. The resurrection for the uh, for the Christian, again, is centered around the physical, not the spiritual resurrection of Jesus Christ, as some have alleged. The Gnostics in the first century, many of them believe that Jesus rose up spiritually because they hated the body, just like the Greeks, and they de-emphasized or de-escalated the role of the body and emphasized and promoted the role of the soul, the spiritual, the immaterial. So to them, uh, they, they profess to be followers of Christ, some of them, and they rejected the notion that Jesus rose up physically, which goes against the scriptures. So Jesus indeed rose up physically. In addition, because we are connected to him through the resurrection, we too will experience the residual effect of what happened once he rose from the dead. This is evidenced by us raising again after we die through the reconciliation of our body and soul. Just like Jesus had a post-resurrected body, we too will get a glorified body. Our glorified body will be without defect, as I mentioned earlier. This same body we have will be raised incorruptible. The doctrine of the resurrection is not only a physical, not only has a physical aspect, but also a metaphorical aspect. 
So when we hear terms like the resurrection of the Lord, uh, likeness of his resurrection, uh, Bible is replete with uh, metaphors dealing with this term resurrection to remind us that as Christians, we don't have to live below the standards that God has for us. There's nothing that we can't do. If Jesus has defeated death, which he has, if he has uh, liberated us from the bondages of sin, which he has, then there's nothing that we can't do because of the resurrection. Death is a one to one ratio. No one has escaped death except for our master, Jesus Christ. O death, where's thy sting? O grave, where's thy victory? Jesus has done the ultimate. When no one could outpace death, Jesus did it. And because of him raising up from the dead, he's showing us there's nothing that we're dealing with that he can't conquer. If death is the pinnacle of all difficulties in life, Jesus has already conquered it. So there's nothing for us to be afraid of that, that, that there's nothing that he can't help us with. If we're dealing with addictions, Christ resurrecting from the grave dealt with it. If we're dealing with hostility, Christ raising up from the grave already pinned it to the cross. If we're dealing with marital difficulty, Christ has already shown us that uh, his power is powerful enough to keep us together. If we're dealing with our singleness, Christ has already showed us that his power is able to keep us uh, pure, keep us uh, not engaged in fornication, to keep us uh, wholesome. And if he decides to give us someone, he'll keep us until that day comes. But there are some of us who are not intended to be in relationships. And the Bible talks about that, even when we use the example of eunuchs. So the resurrection has a residual effect on all of us. And we must learn to always think about his death, burial and resurrection. That's what we should be doing during communion. We should be thinking about the cross and what Jesus did, the efficacy of the cross and definitely the resurrection. So we'll continue this episode on the doctrine of the resurrection uh, next time. We thank you all so much for listening to Sound Reasoning. Uh, we thank God for Jesus the Christ, who is the center of our lives and who has given us hope and purpose. And again, we pray that all of you are able to share and defend the faith and give each man an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within you. Do it with gentleness and respect. Uh, Jesus was the first one resurrected and he uh, has given us access to this resurrection uh, once he comes back. If you have not um, become a financial contributor, we ask that you uh, pray about it. And if the Holy Spirit touch your heart, please Help support this ministry, Sound Reasoning, that we may continue teaching Christians in sound doctrine and helping them defend the faith. And remember, to do for the truth what others do for a lie. Have a great and blessed day and evening. We wish you all the best. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. 
Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.